Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Our scripture reading this morning is not the most familiar text of the Hebrew scriptures. I'm reading a proverb from Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5. Do not answer fools according to their folly, or you will be a fool yourself. Answer fools according to their folly, or they will be wise in their own eyes. At Second Ponce, we usually follow the rhythms of the church calendar, giving attention to the season of the year of the church year we're in, Advent, Lent, Pentecost, and the like. But today we're departing from the church calendar to celebrate and give focus to the season that's most pressing in most of your lives, which is uh, the start of school. We've done our blessing of the backpacks All of this focus has been on the start of school, and we just need to celebrate it together. And remember when we had the giddy feeling, too, when school started back. I I don't remember having a backpack. I carried books on my hip wrapped in a paper sack, right? But I did have all the symbols of this excitement, but I wasn't supposed to be excited about it. It wasn't cool. But it was so much fun. First day of school, get a new three-ring binder, a Starsky and Hutch lunchbox, fresh box of pencils, Hewlett-Packard calculator, new outfit for the first day. The girls were back three months older and tanned from summer. I wasn't behind in my studies yet. My friends, I get to catch up. I mean, the first day of school is just great except I still grumbled because it wasn't cool to say it's great. I finally came around. Now I am a huge fan of school, a devout believer in the liberating power of education. Education sets the stage for opportunity, a self-directed future, and the lack of education has its perils as well. Did you know that the number of prison beds needed for 15 years from now are calculated on the reading scores of this year's third grade class? Isn't that staggering? They can look at the reading scores from third graders and anticipate 15 years later how many of them will end up in prison. Knowledge is a vital component of being fully alive of living into God's hope, ignorance is never a virtue. I spent half of my career in higher education. I married an elementary school teacher. You're going to be hard-pressed to find anybody who is a more enthusiastic evangelist for the transforming power of a good education. But, but today I want to make the case that smart by itself isn't going to get it. One of the main themes and thrusts of our scriptures is the pursuit of wisdom, which is equally, if not more important, 
than the pursuit of knowledge. In fact, so central is the theme of wisdom that scholar Peter Enns makes the claim that wisdom is the Bible's purpose. I'm leaning a lot on his arguments today. Wisdom involves knowing when, how, how much. Wisdom is the heart and mind of God, knowing what is most loving and most fitting for the moment. Smart can't do that. Is it okay uh, to wear swim trunks and no shirt? Yes or no? Well, the context matters. The moment matters. It will get you kicked out of the St. Regis ballroom. It matters. And if the Bible is a book of wisdom, it is not a rule book. It's not an index to go find the right answer. Dr. Enns offers this list to distinguish a rule book from wisdom. Rule book answers, he says, deliver certitude, finality. But wisdom embraces mystery. Rule book answers are immediate, but wisdom takes trial and error over time. Rule book answers provide comfort and stability. But wisdom asks us to risk letting go of what's familiar for God's surprises. Rule book answers are limited to specific moments. But wisdom works in all times and all places. Wisdom is freedom. Freedom to pursue the creator who, as the book of Proverbs puts it, created all things by wisdom. I'm a fan of education. I'm in favor of the hungry pursuit for knowledge. But education by itself is not enough. And perhaps more than any scripture in our Bible, the proverb for this morning's sermon highlights the need for wisdom. The the, the book of Proverbs is a collection of sayings that are categorized as wisdom literature. But they're all short pithy, easy-to-memorize sayings that lead to the formation of the wise. And because wisdom was seen as so vital to the ancient Israelites, parents would repeat these sayings over and over and over in the house. That's the reason they're so short and easy to memorize, so that parents could say them to their children in the field or wherever they were to help shape them as wise and whole adults. Because discipline, repetition, is the only path to wisdom. So they're in the house, working on something, folding the clothes. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Or, Never let yourself think you are wiser than you are. Simply obey the Lord and refuse to do wrong. But not all of the Proverbs are about wisdom specifically. Some Some of the Proverbs are just more general words of wisdom. Just important words to live by. Lazy hands make for poverty. But diligent hands bring wealth. Better to live on the corner of a roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. (laughs) 
Thus saith the Lord. Um, Just wise sayings. Today's scripture, Proverbs 26, 4 and 5, is tricky. It's about how to handle a fool. Fool in the scriptures, in Proverbs, is a catch-all phrase. It references all kinds of behavior you don't want and you don't want for your kids. A fool in Proverbs is a hater of knowledge, a slanderer, one who leads others down the path to destruction. Someone who lacks discernment is complacent, stubborn, ignorant, prideful, greedy, and a much longer list of jerk-like qualities. More than any other scripture, I think this one highlights the importance of wisdom. Do not answer fools according to their folly, or you will be a fool yourself. Answer fools according to their folly, or they will be wise in their own eyes. So, what do we do with this? True or false? Should you confront a fool, yes or no? What does the Bible say? We're Bible-believing Christians, are we not? Just do what the Bible says. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Then what is the biblical response to fools? Should we confront them or not? I'd like some divine, clear direction here, how to handle a jerk. If I could just open up my Bible, put my finger down, read the eternal truth. But here's what the eternal truth says about how to handle a fool. Do not answer fools according to their folly. Answer fools according to their folly. Knowledge has found its limits. Education is not good enough. Smart isn't going to cut it. The way of God is the pursuit of wisdom because sometimes the right thing to do is not confront someone who's being foolish, foolish. And sometimes the right thing to do is let it go. But how do you know? You can't just look it up in the rule book. How do you know what's right in the moment? That's wisdom. What's right in the moment? Maybe you prefer this definition of wisdom by British journalist Miles Kingdon. He said, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. (laughs) By the way, you, you can't stop in for a little dose of wisdom. Wisdom is the lifelong pursuit of the heart of God, the life of Jesus, to know how to respond in the context, in the moment. In his highly technical book, The Reflective Practitioner, Donald Schoen maintains that the best professionals know more than they can put into words, that that, that there's a trained professional instinct. This isn't a religious book. This is a scholarly treatment on how professionals think in action in real time, how they meet the challenges of their work. And Schoen maintains that they rely less on the formulas they've learned in school 
and more on a kind of improvisation that's learned in practice. There is, of course, an academic base, but there is this knowing in action that goes beyond what we've learned in school. I'm quoting. It says, universities are concerned with such discipline only as they will give efficiency in the pursuit of knowledge. I told you this was technical. But without asking, how am I to act? In real time, in the conflict of values and goals and purposes and interests, what am I to do right now, in this moment? And that's not a question that education alone can answer. In an illustration that I could actually follow and understand, he said that a major league pitcher on the mound has to make decisions in real time. Is the curveball breaking like it should today? Am I able to keep the fastball away on lefties today? He's making decisions every pitch. It's an improv based on a deep knowledge formed by repetition, repetition, repetition. And mastery of anything is formed in repetition. The spectacular musicians here still play the scales. And NBA basketball players still shoot free throws in an empty gym. So that in the pressures of live competition in real time, the right choices are instinctual. So parents, I am talking primarily to you this morning. Because I know that there is little in your life more important than raising a whole and healthy child. It is not enough to encourage him or her in the pursuit of knowledge. Smart alone will not get it. The pursuit of wisdom must be as high a priority. And each Sunday in Sunday school and worship, we here are telling the stories of Jesus, reading the wisdom passages, forming the way of wisdom, Sunday school, worship, Wednesday nights, daily devotions. That's what it means to shoot free throws in an empty gym. We practice Over and over we hear and practice and repeat and integrate the way of Jesus into our lives so that in the immediacy of decision-making, we might know more than we can put into words. We might respond out of something that's habitual and instinctual, that is wisdom. When our middle schooler is out with a group of friends late at night, With decisions to make in real time, smart is not enough. How she responds is the work of wisdom, and the way of wisdom is best formed in childhood. Wisdom formed in childhood made me think of of, uh, uh, Andy Griffith episode, the one where Buddy Edson plays the the, the hobo uh, drifter. Do you all remember this one? He drifts into town, uh, befriends Opie, 
Only in Mayberry would you let a 10-year-old hang out with a drifter, right? But he befriends Opie, and he starts teaching the way of his lifestyle, shows him how to hit the gumball machine just right to get a free gumball. He steals a pie out of somebody's window ledge, and they share a pie. Well, he's showing him all the tricks of his way of life. And just after uh, Sheriff Taylor's found out that his son has been off, uh, been eating a stolen chicken and a stolen pie for lunch, he rides out to the little shack where the hobo is staying and confronts him about his engagements with Opie. Sheriff Taylor says, it's about Opie. Something wrong? Yeah, there's something wrong. Eat too much? Goes a little deeper than that. What is it? You know, I've grown awful fond of that little fella. Seems like something's wrong with his thinking. Got a little twisted on things lately. Like being able to tell the difference between right and wrong. Not that it's an easy thing. A lot of grown-ups still struggling with that. Especially difficult for a youngster because things rub off on them so easy. That's why faith formation is so important for our children. Because things rub off on them so easy. Our ancestors in the faith repeated these proverbs over and over and over through the day, picking olives, washing dishes, because things rub off on them so easy. Discipline makes the difference. And every Sabbath, every Sabbath, they took their family to synagogue to worship, to pray, to be formed in the ways of God because it was way too important to consider otherwise. Because you can't catch a little wisdom. Wisdom happens in the disciplines that shape us so that we're ready for the little and hidden things that sneak up on us and call for action in the moment. Do not answer fools according to their folly, or you will be a fool yourself. Answer fools according to their folly, or they will be wise in their own eyes. This scripture does contradict itself. But both things are true. Sometimes the wise thing is to confront a fool. And sometimes the wise response is to just let it go. There is no rule book. You make wise in-action decisions when you have learned and practiced the way of Jesus long enough to have instincts that are formed in faith. And you can't just catch a little of it. It's the result of a disciplined decision to take your faith development at least as seriously as you take your SAT scores. And under Heather Webb and Josh Scott's leadership, we do this here. In our children's ministry, in our youth ministry, we tell the stories that shape boys and girls into men and wisdom of women, uh, men and women of wisdom.
So I'm hoping everybody in here has a great academic year. I hope you learn a bunch of stuff, grow in all knowledge and all of that. But I also hope you will be here on Wednesdays and Sundays because the curriculum of this place forms us in the heart and mind of God to make us wise. It may be that today is the day you might have decided you need to locate your life with here, your life here, so that you can have a place, child or adult, to have your life formed and shaped by the scriptures, the timeless message of Christ that makes us into whole persons with the abundant life. Whatever decision you have to make today, I pray you'll have the grace and courage to do it as we stand and sing together. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.